we're called to be Jesus' son of Mary, you know, to join her in that mission of bearing Jesus to the world. I mean, that's a profound charism. And for me, it has been made more real as I begin to live my life, mm. especially in the last few months, I've dealt with some illness. And um, so Mary has drawn closer to me in my heart in a t- very tender way. And God has drawn very close to me in very real ways. I recognize God's presence in my life. But especially through community, this community journeys with me. Welcome to Sharing Our Mariness Stories, a podcast brought to you by the North American Center for Mariness Studies, otherwise known as NACMIS. Today's podcast is based on an interview that Juliet Fromholt at WYSO Public Radio did during the 2017 Lay Marianist Assembly in Dayton, Ohio. At the assembly, Juliet sat down and recorded a conversation that took place between two people, Linda Zappacosta and Brad Leger. Linda has been a committed Lay Marianist for over 50 years. Brad is sort of new to the Marianist family, and his main connection to the Marianists is through the Marianist Social Justice Collaborative. Brad and Linda are very good friends, as you'll see in this episode, and mostly what you'll hear is Brad interviewing Linda about her experience as a lay Marianist. She especially shares how she came to appreciate her Marianist charism, identity, and Marianist community after experiencing a serious illness. So we hope that you enjoy listening and hear something that inspires you. Now, here's Brad and Linda. I am Linda Zappacosta. I live in Chester, Pennsylvania. And I'm Brad Leger. I live in Estherwood, Louisiana. The Marianist story for me is basically a love story. <laughs> uh, way back in 1968, I graduated from high school, and my brother, who was three years older than I, had already graduated from high school, obviously, and he went to St. James High School in Chester, which was a Marianist school. So he was, at that time, prefect of the Young Adult Sodality. Basically, it was a Marianist lay community that he was leader of. So he said, Linda, now that you're out of high school, why don't you come to one of these meetings? here at the Marianist Center in Chester. So I said, okay, okay, John. So I went, and I joined a lay community there that was meeting at the Marianist Center. And uh, Brother Walt Oberster, who who was a dear friend of mine who since transitioned to heaven, he uh, greeted me. He was the first Marianist religious that I met. He greeted me at the door. So he welcomed me into the room. We sat in a circle, and uh, I began sharing some of what my faith meant to me. And I felt affirmed in what I was sharing. I felt like I had a voice as a young woman in the church. You know, I felt so wonderful inside by that experience that I fell in love with the experience of small faith community from the get-go. So I'm like, this is a good thing. So I stayed involved, and almost 50 years later, I'm still traveling the journey of Marinus' life. story is a little bit different from Linda's. Actually, I have no real um, Marianist background, uh, so to speak, uh, within my formative years. Uh, the close 
uh, I came to Marinist effect in my life was several years ago. I went through a graduate program at Loyola University in New Orleans, and one of the faculty members who coordinated the program was a, a Marinist. And I would see his name. I never met him, and I saw the SM initials after his name. I said, hmm, that's interesting, and it just kind of stayed there. And then several years ago, I was really at a point in my life that I was looking for a Catholic-based uh, group interested in social justice issues. And I did some good old Google searches and up popped the Marinist Social Justice Collaborative, and then the rest is history. And so I tell people that I'm not a card-carrying lay Marinist. However, I feel that I'm part of the family because my involvement with the LGBT initiative. And that's how I got to know Linda and so many other people through the Marinist Social Justice Collaborative. And I think with the, the, the Marinist charism and the Marinist spirit uh, is so pervasive in the work that we're doing that it gives us that, that holy power, that holy, uh, the divine spark uh, mm-hmm. to do the work that we're doing and to do it with conviction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know how I mentioned this is a love story? <laughs> <laughs> I have met such wonderful people like Brad along the way. You know, so he's like my brother from another mother. So it's like when we see each other at these Marinus gatherings, he lives in New Orleans. I live in Pennsylvania, in Chester. You know, it's like a love relationship mm-hmm. of brother and sister where we just are just so happy to be in each other's presence, you know, continue the journey together and affirm each other along the way. I just as you speaking, Linda, uh, I'd like to dig a little deeper. What really has kept you, uh, what, what's the fuel for you to stay within the Marinus movement, and how does it uh, help you at this point of your life? Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, there's it's a multifaceted answer. Um, first and foremost, the Marinus charism, where we're called to be Jesus' son of Mary, you know, to join her in that mission of bearing Jesus to the world. I mean, that's a profound charism. And for me, it has been been made more real as I begin to live my life, especially in the last few months, I've dealt with some illness. And, um, you know, so Mary has drawn closer to me in my heart uh, in a very tender way. And God has drawn very close to me in very real ways. I recognize God's presence in my life, but especially through community, through my local Maranatha community. You know, we've been meeting for 44 years. They've been there for me. The visitation community, uh, they have shown up for me, you know, through prayer. And we're fo- I'm talking about folks around the country here. But they have been there for me in prayer, through their cards, through their little gifts that they send me, through books that they send me, through phone calls, through guidance. So this community journeys with me. Marinus Life has made all the difference in terms of my healing process and challenging me and calling me okay, so what's next beyond this journey, you know? And help me recognize my call to give back. So it's receive and then give back. And I hope to be involved. I'm a social worker by profession. I'm retired. But um, I've done hospice work and palliative care work. So now it's like now I've been on both sides of the bed. So I feel called to give back in terms of being present to others going through similar journeys in a counseling relationship. The other dimension that I want to add, of course, is you know, the religious branch of the family, you know, the way that they have been mentors to me mm. and have journeyed with me through this time, especially this year. The Marianist sisters, the way they have been presence in dear friendship relationships, walking with me, listening to me, 
sharing my tears, sharing my joy, the Marianist brothers and priests mm-hmm. who have offered mass for me, who have reached out to me in countless ways. It's a shame that sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it, you have to go through an illness or some mm-hmm. kind of rough patch in your life before you recognize the beauty of the gifts and the way that God's love is made visible through the people around you, your family, your friends. I recognize that more poignantly than ever before. Eustera always touches me uh, because I've always found you to be one of the most genuine persons that I've ever met. The first time we met, we just clicked like, oh, here's my sister, yes. you know, a kindred spirit yes. and, and slash mentor. And mm-hmm. I'm always appreciative of mm-hmm. how you share yourself with mm-hmm. me in my life mm-hmm. uh, and the way you interact with others as well, too. And I'm still learning. I consider myself still kind of a new kid on the block mm-hmm. in the Marinus spirit, mm-hmm. but I feel very much at home here. In light of the Marinus spirit that really has is, is enveloped in your life, um, what have you learned about yourself the last year or so? Anything you've kind of answered the question already, but mm-hmm. what what surprises have you had? Pleasant mm-hmm. surprises, mm-hmm. Uh, challenging surprises. What have you learned more about Linda? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, one of the big lessons of this time has been seeing with new eyes my need to control and then learning how to let go of that and trust Mm -hmm. in God's control. God's really the one in charge. Mm -hmm. So the more that I let go and let God in a way, Mm -hmm. uh, the more I see God's actions Mm -hmm. alive and real, Mm -hmm. you know, in everyday life. Mm -hmm. So that's been a biggie, Mm -hmm. you know, recognizing that, hey, I don't have to seek out and try to control all the situations. Mm -hmm. That thing is like a judging kind of thing. I have a tendency to like make judgments sometimes mm-hmm. that kind of dismiss some people in my life. Mm-hmm. So now I'm trying to recognize that, listen to the story that they're trying to share and where they're at because God's in control of their life, mm-hmm. like God's in control of my life, and just trust in that. So the barriers between myself and other people that I set up have broken down significantly. Mm-hmm. So I'm more open to people. I'm more welcoming of God's movement in my life and me letting go of trying to control everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and more attentive to the way that God moves in people's lives and in my life. They've been great gifts and graces of this past year. That's beautiful to hear. And I, I keep on thinking, as I, as I learn more about the Marinus Carries, I'm learning about the, the, the life and the story of Father Shamanad yes. and his associates. Yes. So it sounds like you have a really close parallel to their lives as mm-hmm. far as this saying yes mm-hmm. to what life has inf- unfolded in yes. front of you. Could you yes. talk some more about how Shamanad in particular has touched your life and served as a model for you? Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, Chaminade, you know, drawing from an inspiration of the Spirit or Mary's Spirit in, in his life, uh, had this vision for rebuilding the Church of France, mm. you know, after the shambles. Now, we're talking about a rough patch. I mean, that was a rough patch after the French Revolution. <clears throat> you know, I mean, people had lost their lives. People were suffering poverty, really struggling to survive from day to day. Mm-hmm. So he had this great insight of, of this simple based on scriptures, you know, just starting community, you know, after Jesus' resurrection and ascension, it was like community. They shared it all in common. So it's like, you know, for him to start community and say all are welcome, everyone's welcome, people started being drawn to that. And then it just flourished to the point where one of the bishops later on said, 
you know, all good works can be drawn back to Father Shamana Sadeli. So that was a big inspiration to me mm-hmm. in terms of, well, community is really important. It's key. And, and Shamana had that insight to start with the laity. I mean, what other religious orders, you know, have been established? Mm-hmm. Usually it's the religious orders get established and then lay associates follow. Mm-hmm. But in our case, laity existed for 16, from 1800 to 1816. So, so for 16 years, the lay people were instrumental in, in helping to rebuild, you know, helping to address the needs of their community. Mm-hmm. And then the sisters were established in 1816. Then the brothers were established because people in the, in the Sedalis felt called to a deeper level of commitment. And now, you know, even through other rough patches and trying times, I mean, look at the fruit of, mm-hmm. you know, that insight to today where the laity and the religious branches of the Marinus family are flourishing and growing. Of course, there's challenges always along the way to be more inclusive, to draw in mm-hmm. more diversity, you know, to, mm-hmm. to continue to grow in areas of justice and mission. Mm-hmm. But um, all this came back to Chaminade Adele, Mademoiselle de Rue's commitment to living this Marinus Charisons, Marinus Call, mm-hmm. you know, in very real ways in the world, to make it real, mm-hmm. you know, a lived experience where Jesus mm-hmm. is made present through the way we live our lives to every situation, every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just so appreciative that our paths have crossed. Yes. And mm-hmm. that uh, you are a great friend and mentor to me. And then uh, the way that the whole Marinus family has embraced me as well, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm very grateful that we're having this conversation today. And uh, I hope it will continue for many years to come. Yes. Likewise, dear brother from another mother. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Sharing Our Mariness Stories. Before we go, we have a couple very important announcements to make. First of all, we've heard from many of you how much you've appreciated the Advent meditations. So we will be doing a similar series of meditations for Lent. Come back on Ash Wednesday to see the first episode of that series. Also, sometime in the middle of March, We will be releasing an episode that's about our MSP 2.0 program from last summer. This will be a series of interviews of our program participants. They'll be sharing their reflections on the program, particularly what they've learned about the five silences and what resources they've created that you can use too. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends And also, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can also listen to us on our website, www.nacmas.org, or on SoundCloud. Thanks again for listening.